This is the season two finale of your favorite podcast, You Had Me at Black. I'm Martina Abrahams, and you're about to hear stories from our latest live show in Oakland. We recorded this one outside, under the California stars. I want you to breathe all this in, breathe all this in. <laughs> <clears throat> this is You Had Me at Black, the podcast where black millennials tell true life stories. First up is Naima. You may remember her story, Saturn Return. This one is about a date she'll never forget. Here's what happened. So I get this text message, right? And dude is like, so I'm really excited about dinner tonight. I figure I'm going to get on the train. I'll take the train from Brooklyn up to Harlem. I'll meet you at your spot. Then we can get on the train and go to Midtown for dinner. And I was like, that's, that's a lot of traveling. <laughs> it's cool. You know, you don't have to do all of that. Um, let's just meet at the restaurant. And he's like, no, but you see, like, back in the day, I would, like, get in my car, and I would come to your house, and I would pick you up. And, you know, chivalry is dead, you know? And I'm trying to prove that chivalry is a real thing. So I'm going to get on the train from Brooklyn to Harlem, meet you at your house, and then we can go to dinner in Midtown. And I was like, but I don't know you like that. I don't really want you at my house. So I'ma meet you in Midtown. So there's like a lot of back and forth, you know. And this is after the back and forth about where we were gonna eat. Because, you know, when he first was like, let's go to dinner, I was like, yay, dinner sounds fine. Dinner kind of sounds boring because that's hella typical. But yeah, dinner sounds fine. And he was like, well, where do you want to go? And every single spot that I threw out, he didn't want to go to. And I was like, okay. So I, I was living in Harlem at the time, and I was like, well, you know, like, Amy Ruth? And he was like, nah. And I was like, Sylvia's? And he was like, nah. I was like, Corner Social? And he was like, nah. And I was like, okay. And he was like, well, you see, I'm a really picky eater. It's like, okay, I'm pretty sure they have something that you would want to eat there. And he was like, nah, you see, like, I don't eat red meat and I don't fuck with swine, so, like, I need a good fish situation for dinner. I was like, oh, I fuck with you. Like, I'm from the Bay. Like, I'm not vegan or anything, but I get you. Like, I'm from the Bay, so, like, we can, we can find a spot, right? And he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, so I, I suggest, like, a cool little sushi spot. He's like, no, no, not, not raw fish. Like, I need a fish spot, but not raw fish. And I was like, okay. So, like, it, you know, like, dinner's like a whole situation. Travel's a whole situation. So we decide that we're going to meet Midtown. He doesn't want to give me the restaurant spot. He wants me to just meet him at the train spot. And I'm like, this is really sketchy. And I should have known that it was really sketchy because I met you on Plenty of Fish. But I also shouldn't have been on Plenty of Fish. But, like, at the time, black folks wasn't really fucking with OkCupid or Max, so the only way you could find another black person if you was on 
okay Cupid not? And I was like, all right, cool. Plenty of fish, sketchy dude, meet you at the train stop. Cool, where are we meeting? And he's like, let's do Times Square. But you a Brooklyn dude. Like, why are we going to Times Square? Like, I don't think this is the place that, like, people who are, I'm not from here. Maybe I picked Times Square, but, like, you from here. You picked Times Square? Like, this is really weird. He said he was from Brooklyn. <sighs> I believed him. The dreads had me fooled. Anyway, so, <laughs> so I get off the train. I'm standing in Times Square. This shit's really awkward, whatever. Um, I'm on my phone. You know how you like look at the picture because you're trying to figure out who's walking towards you? You're like, that's, no, nah, that's not him. That's, no, nah, that's not him. So I see a dude and I'm like, dreads, check. Chocolate, check. Nice build, check. You are not 5'10". You are not 5'10 at all. And I don't really have a problem with you not being 5'10, but I probably wouldn't have worn these heels if I had known you weren't 5'. Like, why did you say you were 5'10? Like, it's okay, it's cool. So he's walking towards me. And we we do the like awkward embrace that you do with people when you've never met them before, but you're about to spend a whole bunch of hours with them for dinner because it's a date, but you don't know them, so we do that thing. And then I'm like, oh, so where are we going? And he's like, oh, it's just right there. And I was like, it's there? And he was like, yeah. I was like, that's the spot that you had to go to because they have the thing that you like and you couldn't do none of this shit in Harlem I wanted to do. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, and word, let's walk into TGI Fridays. <laughs> so this is the point that like now in my life, like I probably just like would have hit a homegirl and been like, bruh, this shit's bad. Call me, bruh, this shit's bad. But like I wasn't at that point in my life. And like everybody had been telling me like it's real bad for black women. You really need to, you know, take what you can get. So I was going into TGI Fridays and shit. Like, it was cool. So we get in, and we sit down, and he's having, like, we're, we're on a small talk situation, and he's real hyped about his salmon that's coming in. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, damn, this is really where we are right now. But it's cool, I'm, I'm, I'm being nice, I'm gonna order my drink, order some food. And um, so then he's like, small talk, right? He's like, what do you do? And they're like, I'm a, I'm a writer. And he's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. And he was like, like, really a writer or like writing your bedroom type writer? And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I write in my bedroom, but I'm a journalist, I work as an editor, I, have a job. And he's like, oh, okay, that's cool. I'm like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm a rapper. <laughs> so like he straight tried to play me. Again, another sign that I should have left. 
I should have got my shit and been like, you know, I'm cool on this whole dinner situation, but that's not what I did, right? So we are, we're, we're chilling, we're waiting for food, and um, food comes, and he's talking about his rap career, et cetera, and he's like, oh, do you want to listen to my mixtape? And I'm like, well, you know, if you send me an email, I will listen to the link. And he's like, nah, nah, it's cool. I got it right here. And I was like, well, I don't really think that that's appropriate right now to be listening to your mixtape. And he was like, nah, it's good. Like, we can listen to music while we eat. But I'm still not at the point where I'm good at saying no to things. So like I put the earbud in my ear and I get like a full lesson on like earth and gods and all like 5% of life. And his, his, the mother of his kid is like apparently trifling because he has like two songs. And I'm like, you are on a first date and you're making me listen to songs about your trifling. Like this, I need to go. I need to go. And I was like, you know, I, I, I'm full, I'm full. And he's like, okay, well, we can get the check. Yes, this is my out. So check comes, I feel bad, because I'm like, I ain't never speaking to this dude ever again. Um, so I pull out my card, because I'm like, I'm not ever speaking to you again. So cool, like, whatever. He's like, really? I'm like, really what? Check is here, I'm paying, I'm about to go home. He's like, that's real disrespectful. And then I'm like, well, I don't, I don't really know. And he was like, you out here questioning my manhood, like I can't pay for dinner. And I was like, really? Like, I'm lost at this point, right? Because like, I'm from Oakland, like dudes in Oakland be like, I'm not paying for dinner, I'm not tricking. So, you know, like, whatever, like, all right, cool, here's, your, here's the card. He wasn't having it. He felt a, a, a way. I was like, cool, you can pay for it. Went to the bathroom. And I come back, and I'm like, well, it was nice to meet you. And he was like, yeah, dinner's been so awesome. We should go for a walk. <laughs> and I was like, well, I really have to be somewhere in the morning. He was like, just a, let's, let's just go for a walk. I'll walk you to the train. And I was like, but the train is across the street. This is really awkward. Sure, sure. So we go for a walk, and the walk happens to mostly be about his ex-girlfriend and about all of the troubles he had growing up in school and his special education classes and his rap career and how people don't support him. And it was a therapy session. It was a therapy session. And I felt really bad leaving somebody in the middle of a therapy session, but I stuck it out, right? I was like, I don't want to leave you in a space like this. Also, you seem real fragile, and so I don't really trust walking away from you in a space like this. And so we walked, and we talked, and finally, I got to the train station. Thank you, Jesus, I got to the train station. So I get on the train, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. I text my girls, I'm like, this shit was crazy. Somebody pour me some whiskey. We need to have a talk. And they're like, so what are you gonna do? I was like, I'm just gonna ignore him. That's what I'm gonna do. And they're like, well, you know, like, what are you gonna, I was like, no, I'm just gonna ignore him. So the next day, he calls, I don't answer. He texts, I don't answer. He calls, I don't, finally I, I pick up the phone. And I'm like, uh, 
yeah, so how are you? He's like, I'm good. And I say, um, well, did you did you have something you wanted to talk about? And he was like, well, I was just wondering when we we're going to go on our second date because last night was so awesome. And I was like, I don't really think this is going to work. And he just goes, oh. I knew I was too open with you too early. You, you black girls have too much baggage. Now we have Jamal. On paper, Jamal is a great catch. But when he started dating seriously, he had some shit to figure out. So when it came to women and relationships, I just, I just knew I was a catch, right? <laughs> I did, I did, I promise. But, but, but I wasn't a catch because I was the most romantic person to just sweep a woman off her feet. Like for instance, I, I, I don't buy flowers as gifts. They die. Um, it's, it's, it's a bad investment. You know, I'm, I'm, I'd rather buy something practical, like a toolkit, um, portable car battery charger, things like that, things that last, things that help. I'm also not the guy that will wow a woman um, with all the money I have. Um, years ago, this Negro right here was broke. So broke. Um, I used to apply for stuff on credit, and the person helping me would make that as exasperated sound, like he didn't know how to tell me my dog just died. Like, mm. um, whew, dang. Uh, so that's not why I was a catch. I was a catch because I was convinced that I was a relationship guy. You know the guy that women say they want but just can't seem to find? I mean, I was caring, accommodating, smart, funny, trustworthy, and, and a good listener. I mean, I mean, think about this. I was, I, I was a women's studies major in college. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. And, and at the time, I was studying to become a, a clinical therapist, which, which I am. I mean, I was in touch with my feminine side. Oh, who is this guy? But, but yet, I had no problem speaking up for myself and not being a pushover, all right? When I was eight, I told my mother, I said, Mom, when I turn 14, I want to get married. She said, son, can you at least graduate from high school first? So I was ready, right? I checked all the boxes, and I'm thinking, I got this. Then one day, while in a serious relationship, reality slaps me in the face, and I realize I have no idea what I'm doing, no clue. I miss all my humor, sensitivity, and listening skills. I miss one key element that I've since learned is, is vastly important to making a relationship work. But as a 24-year-old black man, nobody tells you these things because there's just no one around that's gonna teach you this important fact. I had no idea how to truly be open and vulnerable, and it almost cost me my girlfriend. So close your eyes, I'm gonna take you on a journey. Go with me to 2008. Clothes were a little bigger, right? People, less jobs, less money was flowing around the area. Um, in Washington, D.C. Hey. So after the first couple rocky introductions, I meet Regina. We start dating. 
I mean, I do everything to show her that I'm serious. I'm talking about dinner at Chili's. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda on DVD. I put together her living room furniture. And for Christmas, I bought her a rice cooker. Practical, I'm talking practical. That's how we do it. Unfortunately, during our first year of dating, I just wasn't telling her everything that was going on with me. It's not like I had another girlfriend, I promise I didn't. And I wasn't in a cult. <laughs> but I was, I was in terrible shape financially um, and didn't really have a handle on managing my family relationships. And in many ways, those went hand in hand. I had been laid off from my job. I sound terrible, don't I? This is awful. Um, <laughs> I'd been laid off from my job and uh, my mother and brother, younger brother, were actually living with me uh, for some time. Oh, and to add the cherry on top, I had just defaulted on my college loans. Right. <laughs> so the weight of all these things were really affecting my mindset uh, during our time together, and I, I didn't know how to express that my life was in the shape that it was in uh, without really going too much into my past um, and my family's past. So none of that I actually thought was relevant to the day-to-day -day with Regina and I. So I just wanted to enjoy my time with my girlfriend. But I was, I was wrong. So I remember the day that she called me like it was yesterday. I was at my mom's apartment. I was just hanging out watching TV. And it was late and I saw the phone. Regina popped up. So I got excited. I said, hey babe, how are you doing? Happy to, happy to hear from you. She says, uh, Jamal, we need to talk. I'm like, oh, shoot. I need to talk. Um, what's going on? I can't do this anymore. My heart literally paused for a moment. What do you mean you can't do this? I don't like how I feel with you. I don't like how I feel while I'm with you. I don't like how I feel being with you. Uh, you're never happy anymore, and that's actually why I fell in love with you. You were always happy and positive. You're sad every time you're around me, but you never tell me what's going on. You always say things like nothing, or it's okay, or I don't want to talk about it. But I'm not stupid, Jamal. I know everything's not okay. Uh, you being sullen all the time is actually weighing on me. So if you're not going to talk to me, I can't do this because I don't like being unhappy. Have you ever been so blindsided that every word you have escapes you? It's like I knew we had our ups and downs, like every couple. But I never thought our downs were that bad. So immediately I felt scared. I, I was ashamed, um, embarrassed, guilty. I knew it was my fault, but, but I thought to myself, she's literally asking me to open the doors of my life and my mind and my heart that I keep closed for a reason. And I don't know if I can do it. So, Regina, are you breaking up with me right now? I mean, this isn't working for me, Jamal. So as tears, became to, as tears began to come down my face, it hit me. You know I love you, and I don't want to hurt you or make you sad, but I've never opened up to anyone about my life that way. Um, it scares me. It frightens me. Um, being that open 
it scares me in a way that I don't know how you would view me or my family. I don't know how I feel, how I'll feel talking about these things, um, but, but if you're patient with me, I promise I'll talk to you. I promise I'll do better for us. A therapist I read, Brene Brown, she said that vulnerability is the key to connection. The more vulnerable you are and open you are with someone, the closer you can become with that person. The more closed off you are, the more you put your relationship at risk. She was right. Regina woke me up that day and showed me that I could still be a catch, but not for the traits I already had, but for how I was able to grow and learn and become a better man. A man who trusts his girlfriend enough to be vulnerable with his emotions, his past, his present, and his future. Eight years later, we're married. She's actually sitting over there. Uh, we have an 11-month-old daughter. And now I get to work through a whole new set of challenges. But I'll save those for part two. Thank you. This live show is extra special because we did a collaboration with our friend Selena. She started Smile-A-Day, a photography project that features people of all backgrounds and what makes them happy. This night, Selena blessed us with the story about why she decided to get behind the camera and capture happiness. So how many people here are from New York? (laughs) How many people love New York? (laughs) Awesome, because the story starts in New York. So it's it's summer 2014, and I'm moving to New York because I won my first ever national award and I'm, I have to go there to work on my project and to develop my project. And I'm super excited. It's lit. I love New York, so I'm, it's, it's amazing. Um, and I get there, and everything is pretty cool at the first few weeks. And at some point, I decide to go out with the friends at this club in meatpacking. And I'm not really feeling clubs anymore, but you know, I decided to go. And me and my friend Aaliyah, we are kind of like, this is kind of whack. Let's go somewhere else. And I'm like, where? I don't know. And at some point, one of my friends, Mr. M, hit me up. And he's like, yo, you trying to come to this house party in BK? I'm like, what? Yeah. Hello? (laughs) So basically, me and Aaliyah, we left Manhattan and go to Brooklyn. And we are heading towards Williamsburg. And you know, there's no elevator, so first of all, you have to climb up all those stairs to go to the last floor of the building. Oh my God. (laughs) And um, we open the door, and it's pretty dark inside. People look kind of high and drunk. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Let me see. And I saw my friend, Mr. M, who hit me up in, um, when I was at the club in Manhattan. And he's like, yo, what's up, Selena? Nice to see you. Long time no see. I'm like, yeah, no, you know, I'm back for the summer. <laughs> uh, and we, we basically, we are catching up because the last time we saw me was this, the previous summer. And at some point, I turn my head to the left and I'm like, I see this guy like crack, cracking up laughing. And I'm like, who is this? 
I like this. <laughs> and, you know, like Beyonce, when I see something, I want it, I work out, and I get it. So, <laughs> so I, I find my way to the area where he was at, right? So he's in the balcony area with his friends or his guests or whatever. And so I walk towards there and I say, hey. And he's like, hey. And hi, I'm Mr. Semi. And this is, welcome to the arena. And I'm like, oh, the arena, what's that? Is it a New York thing to give name to your houses? Or? <laughs> it's like, no, you know, like, that's what we do. That's the name of, um, of a group or whatever. Or my roommate would throw parties, blah, blah, blah. So he's telling me a story and we are connected. It's lit, basically. I'm, I made the move. <laughs> um, so a few weeks passes. Um, we, we are going to dates. We are biking at night. We are getting burgers and low-key spots in BK, you know, the mac and cheese. And <laughs> um, we, we are both hella creative. And so we also do photography together, videography together. So it's lit. It's basically the best summer I've ever experienced in New York. Um, <clears throat> but the summer ends, right? And uh, my project is getting wrapped up, and I'm not getting any more funds for it. So I'm, and I'm like, I, I don't want to leave New York. Like, I need to find a way to stay here. And I don't want to leave him either. Like, he's so fine. He's high. <laughs> you know what to do, you know. <laughs> I'm not trying to leave. <laughs> so, but I have to leave. And so one night, um, I call him and I, I decide to literally be open. Like Jamal was saying, being vulnerable, I, I open up to him and I, I told him, I tell him that one night. So I have to leave, but you know, I'm, I'm really feeling what we have and I don't want it to be over. And so I'm, at that point, I'm, I don't know what he's going to say, how he's going to feel about this, because you know I have to go back to the Bay Area, because that's where I leave at the mo before like being in New York. And so I tell him all those things, and he's like, yo, I'm on the same page. I'm like, what? That's lit. We're about to do a long-distance relationship? He's like, yeah, 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 let's, let's do it. Let's, let's make it happen. And I'm super excited. I'm like, oh my God, that's the first time I'm doing this, but I'm gonna do it because it's, it, it's worth it. And so <clears throat> the, a, year, a year passes, right? And so I go to New York a couple times. It comes to the Bay a couple times. We like FaceTime every night. We say I love you to each other, like all the great things. It's, it's like the perfect story, basically. It's, it's amazing. Um, and the summer, summer of 2015, I basically get um, <clears throat> this opportunity to move to, um, to Dallas, Texas for an internship. And um, everything is great. It's, it's a really dope opportunity, so I'm super excited. He is excited about it. He's like, yeah, you better kill the game out there. I'm like, yes, I'm going to kill the game. Of course, you know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in Dallas. <laughs> And one night, though, he calls me, and things are different. Like, he's not really speaking like he usually speaks to me. And so I'm like, what's up? What's going on? It's like, well, 
I don't know how I'm going to tell you what I'm about to tell you, but um, I've been seeing another girl. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what do you mean you've been seeing another girl? You just told me you loved me last night. You kidding me? And he said, well, I mean, literally, he has no, nothing to say. And at that point, I'm like crying. Like crying and crying. <laughs> like I'm doing, I'm becoming the saddest person that you will ever meet. And we hang up, it's basically over, because I'm not trying to have a boyfriend that has another girlfriend and I'm his second girlfriend, that's not happening. Um, <laughs> so, um, I literally, like I said, like I'm becoming that's that's really that's that really sad person, and I cry. If FK Twigs plays on the on the radio or somebody play FK Twigs, I'm crying. If I <laughs> if I, I'm in the meeting with all my my teammates and they're just talking, laughing, I'm crying. <laughs> I'm in the bathroom taking my shower, I'm crying. I'm literally crying everywhere, anytime, all the time, and it's horrible. And one night, my mom called me. After all, like, you know, I have that support system, obviously. All my support system and my family, my mom was like, yo, Selena, you gotta figure out a way to turn this situation into something positive. And I'm like, okay, I understand, but that's easy to say, but like, how do I do it? Like, I don't know how to turn negative into positive, right? It's kind of difficult. But she calls me and she's like, Selena, you know, Tonight, there is a full moon outside. You should, you should, it's a really special full moon. You should go outside and make a wish. I'm like, mom, what are you talking about? Make a wish with the moon thing? Like, who does that? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but at some point, I remember that the meaning of my name is Selena means ga ga goddess of the moon. So I kind of take it into consideration because that's m the meaning of my name. So I kind of start believing in what my mom says. and. I go outside, I'm in Dallas, it's hot, I'm going on the rooftop, there's a pool, so it's pretty chill, like, the, the, the moon is reflecting through the, like, the water, so it's really, like, cheesy and all those things, the stars are shining bright and the moon is huge, so it's, like, it's perfect, like, I'm like, alright, let me just try it, so <laughs> I, sit down, I sit down on this long chair and take a deep breath, Okay, I'm going to take this Okay, and I literally close my eyes and think about what I really want, like in my life, and literally make that wish at that moment. And I open back my eyes, and I feel more open. I don't know. I know it's random, but I do feel something different. Next day, I literally decide to bring out, like, bring more positivity into my life. And the first thing that I do is playing that one song by Destiny Child, Happy, uh, Happy Face, every morning. And this thing really works, because every morning waking up to that song helped me help to like set the mood of my day. So that's the one thing that I do. And then <clears throat> one night, I mean one afternoon, I'm out with my teammates in Dallas, and we're eating barbecue, which we have tonight. And it's really, really good. And I'm licking my fingers and all those things. My friends are cracking up jokes and all those great things. And at some point, I said to them, yo, guys, I'm going to start an Instagram called Smile Day and take pictures of people smiling. And they're like, what? Selena, 
this is dope. You better do it right now. Because we're going to take your idea and send it back to you if you don't do it now. I'm like, yo, yo, chill, chill, chill. That's my idea, okay? Relax. And so at that moment, I literally took my phone and typed in on Instagram, uh, Smarter Day. And it's open. And I'm like, what? That's crazy. Like, usually you don't find what you want on Instagram because everybody already took it. And it's there. So I, I sign up. And after that, we left the barbecue spot. And I take my first photo. And Smarter Day is born. <laughs> and um, so I created Smarter Day in July 2015. And after 365 days of being out of my comfort zone, connecting with strangers, and basically asking all those people what bring happiness to them, I, I learned that happiness is a choice, and I made the decision to have a happy breakup, as, however crazy that sounds. I decided to make that move and say, I'm going to have a happy breakup. And so that, that, it's, that breakup, that challenge, gifted me with uh, understanding the, the hidden meaning of sad. And to me, sad means S for sustain, A for arise, and D for dominate. But it also means smarter day. You can find Smile A Day on Instagram at Smile A Day. Thank you for listening. We're already working hard on season three. It's about to be harder, better, faster, stronger than before. Keep an eye out for our return early next year. And in the meantime, connect with us on Twitter and Instagram. And get yourself some You Had Me at Black swag at our holiday shop. Youhadmeatblack.com slash shop. This is Martina Abrahams. Now let's meet the team. You Had Me at Black is produced by Brittany Abrahams, Adiza Egan, Tashana Stewart, and myself. Dirac Productions and Top Shelf Mike Brown provide the beats. And we stay connected on social media thanks to Alicia Davis and Zaina Deo. Happy holidays. Peace.